Hello, this is Colleen with The Salty Community. We are a community of people that are dedicated in helping you grow your relationship with Jesus. We emphasize the truth and foundation of Scripture, and we give you tools and opportunities to experience Jesus in your own personal, unique way for you. This kingdom of God invites us into an interactive relationship with Him. It is our desire and focus to help this be a reality for each person listening. We do this through small group discipleship, where you get the benefit of learning from each other, and we also do it through podcasts, which you're listening to now. This group becomes a safe place to grow into more of what the Holy Spirit has for you. Hey, this is Deanna. So, on our last podcast, um, we talked about the importance of relationship, that we were created for relationship. It was God's idea for us to be in relationship with Him. Um, We talked about our goals. We wanted a comfortable and easy relationship that we enjoyed with God. We wanted a relationship that was as real as the person that could be sitting across from you, like Colleen is sitting across from me. We want our relationship with God and Jesus to be that real. And that's the goal. Now, where does that relationship happen? It doesn't happen in a conference room. It doesn't happen like that because you aren't going to be able to see or here with your physical eyes and your physical ears. Therefore, we have to, what we're going to be talking about today is the spirit realm. The spirit realm is all around us. Um, if you can remember, and, and if you're young, you're not going to remember this, <laughs> but um, the idea of something being overlaid and there being a see-through situation. So the spirit realm, we are going to find through scripture in a minute, is the most real realm. Um, This um, realm that we see with our eyes is a realm that is going away. Um, You are getting older, things are deteriorating, things are growing, things are dying. This is a realm that is temporary, but Mm -hmm. the spirit realm is the most real. And because of that, um, that is where our relationship with God and Jesus happens. It happens Mm -hmm. in the spirit realm. So if you're going to have a relationship with God and Jesus in the spirit realm, We feel like it's super important for you to actually understand what the spirit realm is from the place of scripture. What does scripture have to say about this spirit realm? And do I really have access to it? And what happens in the spirit realm? So those are the things that we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to hopefully, by the time we're done, you're going to at least be ready today (laughs) to use your spiritual eyes. We're going to give you opportunity for that. But Colleen's going to get us started in scripture as to what the spirit realm is. Okay, Deanna, so this is one of my favorite things to talk about because it was such a revolution for me in my own personal relationship with God Um, when you taught me how to use my eyes and my ears. It was, it just made my relationship just come alive. So it's super, super exciting for me. So let's start by, we're just going to read scripture and talk about um, what the Bible says about this realm. So in 2 Corinthians 4.18, Paul says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Okay, so the things that we see on earth, we can see those things. Those are so temporal. They're wasting away, like Deanna said kind of when she introed. Um, But the things that we cannot see, which are in this spiritual realm we're talking about, we can't see them with our physical eyes, but we can see them 
with um, our eternal eyes. Um, so I want to kind of give an example of this. Uh, Deanna has taught this class before, and she gave this really, really cool example of this really shines through when you're going through something hard. Um, you can see this, and what happens is, is you're using your spiritual eyes, and you don't really know that you are, um, but you are, because you've played the what-if game in your head, right? You've said, what if this? Or you've worried about something, and you've played out the whole scenario in your head, um, and maybe your spiritual eyes got used for something that wasn't good. But what we want to do here is we want to teach you how to use them for Jesus and for God. And we want you to sit in that place and not play that what if game or that worry. We want you to go to God first with everything. So I think that's super, super cool. Really great example. Also, we are seated with Christ, guys. Ephesians 2, 6 says we are raised up together and we um, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So we know that God is on his throne, or maybe you don't know, but I'm telling you now that God is on his throne and Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father and we are seated in heavenly places with them. So we're already there. We just have to open up our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears um, to have access to this spiritual place and to go there with Jesus. Super cool. Need to be aware and we need to be engaged. So Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. So put your mind in that spiritual place, not in the things that we can see, but the things that we cannot see with our physical eyes. Super cool. So Ephesians 6, this is a place where Paul talks about an armor that we are supposed to wear. Now, we know that we don't walk around in our physical realm with an armor on. But Paul is saying that there is an armor that we are supposed to wear in a spiritual place. In this spiritual realm, there are angels, and there's God, and there's Jesus, and then there is a battle going on with the evil of the world, right? The demonic and the devil and all of that. It is there happening around us in this spiritual place. So if I need armor, then there has to be, I am supposed to be an active participant in the battle that is happening. And I cannot be an active participant if I don't join in into this spiritual place and be, be a participant. So we are supposed to be engaged in battle using our sword and our shield um, and our, uh, bless, our breastplate of righteousness and, there's, and our helmet of salvation. Um, we are supposed to put those things on spiritually and use them and be an active participant in this realm. So Matthew 6, 19 through 20 is Deanna help me out and this is where um, <laughs> God talks about the importance um, or Jesus is telling the people how important yeah. it is to store up treasures oh, yeah. for themselves in heaven yeah. or store up treasures in, he in heavenly places how do we store up treasures <laughs> in heaven 
it is something that you do not see in the physical realm. You're not going to see yourself storing up treasures. It tells us not to store up treasures where they're going to rot and where they're going to die and where they're not going to, you know, they're not going to last. Someone's going to steal them or whatever. Um, but to store up treasures that will have eternal value, that will last forever. And while you cannot see this, with your physical eyes, as we develop and grow the muscle of our spiritual eyes, um, you will be able to understand and see when you are doing this. It'll be really cool to get to a place where you can see where you are storing up treasures um, for eternity because they're not going to go away because in the spirit realm, things last. It has an eternal value. And speaking of eternal value, in John 15, um, verses 1 through 5, Jesus is talking about how he is the vine and his father is the vine dresser and that we are the branches that are connected to to the vine. And in this place, we bear fruit. Only when we're connected do we bear fruit. Now, if you're a female and you've had a child, you can say, well, I have borne fruit, like I have fruit. But that's not what they're talking about necessarily. What Jesus is talking about is eternal fruit, eternal fruit that lasts forever. When you are connected to Jesus, your life will bear fruit. It will have consequence. It will um, make things happen that will last for eternity. And that only works when we're connected to him. And it is so much easier to stay connected to the vine if we can see him. And if we can hear him with our own spiritual eyes and our own spiritual ears, because as your relationship with Jesus grows, he begins to show you places in your life where you become mm-hmm. disconnected or places in your life where you connect well so that you can begin to build and improve your relationship. Mm-hmm. Also, um, let's look at Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. Here he says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. Okay, that's an obvious what that means. Your flesh, your physical, what you can see. If you live according to the flesh, that's because you've set your mind there. But those who live according to to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit. That's so good. And get this last next verse. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. Mm. Okay, that's horrible. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Okay, Paul makes it so clear. Like there's no there's no um, in between. If you're gonna only focus on the things that are temporary, if you're gonna stay so focused that all you focus on is the things that are of the flesh. The things that you can feel with your little fingers and touch and smell and all that and hear only in the physical, that leads to death. Mm. And that is not where we want to be. But if we will set our minds on things of the spirit, if we will intentionally engage in the kingdom of God, which is in the spirit realm, those things lead to life and peace, which I don't know any of us that don't want those two things. Mm -hmm. So... The spirit realm can be accessed with spiritual eyes and spiritual ears and other spiritual senses that we will discuss as we go. But today, our focus is our spiritual eyes. 
We want to talk about this, our spiritual eyes or the eyes of our heart. Colleen is going to share some scripture with us to show us that mm-hmm. we're not making this up. <laughs> we're not just dreaming up the idea that we have to have spiritual eyes, yeah. that it is talked about in scripture. It is. It is. So Paul, who seems to be our main person here that's talking about these things. Um, so in Ephesians 1.18, it says that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That's like opened. Um, so that the eyes of your understanding. Now we know that eyes don't understand in the physical, but we know that it's almost as if we're like opening up our heart so that we can see things. And it says that you may know what is the hope of his calling. So you may know your purpose. What are the riches of the glories of the inheritance in the saints? Also, John in Revelation says that that we may anoint our eyes so that we may see. This is talking about a spiritual thing, not a physical thing. Um, So our eyes, our spiritual eyes are so important um, when it comes to developing our relationship. I taught a class a couple of weeks ago and I was talking about the importance of scripture which is the foundation of our ministry Um, but that when we sit down to approach scripture that when our eyes are open that we see so much more than what's just on the page that it just comes alive for us and um, what's on the page becomes a relationship not just words it's really cool so one of the things we want to do Um, is help you figure out how to use these spiritual eyes. Like, what in the (laughs) world are they talking about? How do I just all of a sudden see in the spirit realm? Mm -hmm. Like Colleen told you in the beginning, to an extent, all of us already use these eyes. Mm -hmm. When we worry and play what-if games, that is letting the enemy get a hold of your spiritual eyes and take you down a road um, that he so desires. What we want to do is... Give God, the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit, access to our spiritual eyes so that he can lead us into all truth, so that he can lead us into developing this relationship with Jesus. So as I prayed over this, um, how do we do this? Well, God gave me a very simple but very powerful exercise um, that we're going to do now. But, we're, but I'm also going to tell you that you can do this exercise on your own because just like any muscle, mm-hmm. it needs to be stretched and it needs to be exercised to grow. So mm-hmm. you're spiritualized. Right now, you may be going, oh, I don't think I have any. But what we're going to do is we're going to use those and then you're going to have the opportunity to continue using those um, as you get in your word. So what we're going to do is I am going to tell you a fairly familiar story from scripture. I'm not going to read it per se, because I want you to just hear the story. I want if, if you, if not, if you're driving, but if you're <laughs> not driving and you're sitting somewhere that you can close your physical eyes, because here's mm-hmm. one of the things that's really important. Our physical eyes can distract us from seeing with our spiritual eyes. We can get so distracted with what our physical eyes see that we do not pay any attention to our spiritual eyes. So if you have the ability to close your eyes, then do so. If you are driving, then do not. But I want you to engage your spiritual eyes. I'm going to tell you a story that Jesus is in. Um, It is a story from one of the Gospels. And I'm going to tell you the story. I'm going to kind of elaborate a little bit so that you can get drawn in. And I want you to just let yourself get drawn into the story. Because what I want you to do is ask God... And I'm going to pray before we get started because I want you 
to see yourself in this story. I want you to ask God to show you which character in this story that you are today. Like, who are you in this story? So what I want you to do, I'm going to pray, and then you're just going to be sensitive and listen um, to the story and figure out which character jumps out at you. Oh, that's who I am right now. So who are you? So I'm going to pray, ask God to, to direct us in this time, and then we're going to jump into this story. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you that you have given us spiritual eyes and ears, that you didn't just leave us here and take off um, to do your own thing and leave us to do ours, because, Lord, that would be just such a loss for us. Lord, I thank you that your desire was relationship. And so, Lord, right now, as we get ready to practice using our spiritual eyes, Lord, I pray that you will just quiet the voices in our head so that we can hear what you want to say, that we can see what you want us to see. Mm -hmm. um, and Lord, in the name of Jesus, enemy, I tell you, you have no space here. You can't interrupt. You can't distract. In the name of Jesus, you are bound and gagged as well as all of those who report to you mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. So the story that we're going to um, be listening to, that I'm going to be telling you, is from Luke chapter 5, 17 through 39. So if you want to go read it later on your own and do the exercise again or just go get the exact details, um, you can do that. So Jesus is um, teaching. He is in a home um, and he is teaching and he is healing people and it's crowded. He has now been doing ministry long enough that he is drawing crowds. There's not really a lot of space. In fact, the, the house is completely full and around the house is full. They have the doors open and the windows open. So people are standing several people deep around the house so that it's not even easy to get up to the door, much less in the door. So it is a very crowded space that Jesus is teaching and people are receiving from him and it's good. And then there's a man and he hears and he has seen and he knows what Jesus can do and he considers his friend. He has a friend who is paralyzed and who could never get to Jesus on his own, but he's like, if I can just get him to Jesus. So he goes and gathers three other friends and the th four of them together and the man is on his mat, which is where he has to stay because he cannot walk. And each one grabs a corner. And the guy's like, we're going to take him to Jesus. There's one who's a little skeptical. I'll go, but I don't know if he can do anything. The other two are going, how in the world are we even going to get up to him? I've seen that house he's teaching in. It's packed. The guy whose idea it was is not deterred. Let's just go and see what happens. Mm -hmm. So they grab the man, each grab a corner, and they head off towards this house. As they get closer, they realize the crowd has only gotten bigger, not smaller. And what are they going to do? So as they get closer, the skeptic, hey, how are we going to get up there? And then the one that was just along was like, hey, have you ever thought about going up on the roof? We could go up to the roof and come down that way. We can go around back, climb up on the roof, and let him down that way. The guy on the mat is like, ah, this sounds dangerous. <laughs> but I'm trusting you. The idea of being able to walk again is worth whatever risk. So they go up on the roof. 
They find a way to get on the roof. They begin to tear apart and make space in this roof for the man to be let down. The people inside the house with Jesus, Jesus pauses as things begin to fall from the ceiling, dust and and branches and things begin to fall. He pauses and looks up. The person who owns the house is completely baffled, who is destroying the roof of her home. Um, Other people are irritated because Jesus' teaching has been interrupted. They don't like that what they want from Jesus is being interrupted for someone else. But the friends are not put off by any of this. They are there with a purpose. And so they begin to let their friend down through the roof. As he comes down through the roof, some people inside see the need and help. And they lower him to the ground in front of Jesus. And Jesus looks at the man. He looks at the friend and sees their incredible faith. And he tells the man, your sins are forgiven. Well, there's some Pharisees there. These are people that um, know the law, they're teachers of the law, and they are not okay. As far as they're concerned, only God can forgive sins. Um, So they're irritated, and Jesus looks at them and says, So that you know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins, I say to you, talking to the man now, take your mat and get up and walk. And he does. He stands up, he picks up his mat, and that house that was too full that he couldn't get in, it parts like the Red Sea, and they are, he is able to go out ecstatic, so excited he is walking. The friends from the roof have seen it all go down. They are rushing down the roof to meet their friend who can now walk, who couldn't walk before. This is a time of celebration, and even those people inside who were irritated to be interrupted are now rejoicing in what they got to witness This was a move of God, and they knew it. So that is our story. Mm -hmm. This is a story from Scripture. Who did you find yourself in this story? Who were you in relation to who Jesus was? Where were you at in the story? So, Colleen, where were you in the story? Okay, so I was—I've done this exercise several times, and— uh, this time, I was the person, one of the people carrying the man that made the suggestion we should go through the roof, like um, made the plan to get to Jesus. Awesome. Yes. So unfortunately, as I was putting myself in the story, I actually felt like I added a character that I haven't added before. I was the person in the house that was listening and receiving from Jesus and did not appreciate being interrupted. <laughs> uh, I feel like God was very much in this space saying, it's okay yeah. when I do the interrupting, when I bring mm. the interruptions, because I did not like being interrupted <laughs> by it. So Colleen, you know, so that's one of the things, y'all, when we see ourselves in the story, what ends up happening is it shows us something about ourselves spiritually. So he showed me that when I'm receiving from Jesus, I don't like to be interrupted. Like I want to be able to just sit and receive and I don't want anybody else getting in the way. But it is important to know that sometimes he brings interruptions and those come with great miracles Mm -hmm. and great truth. So, Colleen, as you saw yourself yeah. as the person with the idea, mm-hmm. what do you think that God is trying to show you mm-hmm. uh, about where, where you're at with him right now? So, I asked him, and he said to me, you're finally valuing our relationship. 
So let me back up because I've been several people in this story before, but I started out as the person who, when it was suggested that they should go through the roof, I thought it was a terrible idea. And I was like, just give me the guy. I'll throw him on my back. I can carry him through the crowd. It's way easier to just do it by myself rather than trying to get the whole mat and four people and everybody through the roof. That just sounded ridiculous to me. Um, And in that moment, it was, I can do things on my own and I don't need, I I don't see the need. So it's It was so good for him to say to me, okay, you're willing to do what it takes to get to me. So That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's awesome. So I've also done this (laughs) exercise so many times. I've been the homeowner who's been so angry that my house is getting destroyed that I even miss the miracle in my frustration. I've also been the man on the mat um, that needed to be brought to Jesus. So it just so much depends on the season that you're at with Jesus and what's happening in your world right then mm-hmm. as to a lot of times how you see yourself in a story. And um, as you can see, um, this wasn't hard to do. This wasn't hard at all. And honestly, um, our imagination does this really easy. Um, if you've ever watched Disney stories, one of the things my kids used to do when they were little, when they would be watching a show, they would call a character. I'm going to be Cinderella this time. Well, I'm going to be, you know, whatever, somebody else. They would call a character. They wanted to be in the story. Um, So this is really an exercise that is pretty fairly easy. Um, Colleen is going to give you um, an exercise that you can (laughs) do on your own um, to begin to help you build a really awesome relationship with the Lord. Yeah, so earlier I talked about God's throne and that he stays in his throne. He stays on his throne. Well, there is also a throne room that the script that scriptures talk about. So we call these our salty exercises, things that we do to apply the things that we've learned. So what we're going to do, so we're going to exercise our spiritual eyes in this exercise. The best way to exercise and to grow our spiritual eyes. Well, the best way to grow them is to exercise them regularly and stretch it often. So this is what we want you to do. We want you to read Isaiah 6, 1 through 7. This is Isaiah's experience in the throne room. So when you see, when you picture yourself in this scene and you put yourself in the throne room with Isaiah, Give yourself the freedom to see whatever God wants to show you. So there are other places in Scripture that you can uh, read about the throne room, and that's Revelations 4. This is John's experience in the throne room. There's also Scripture in Hebrews 8.1, 1 Kings 22.19, and Psalms 11.4, all talking about his throne room. So this is what you're going to do. we got some action steps for you once you've done the exercise. So we want you to see the throne room of God. You probably uh, will not see God's face, and that's okay. You can pray. You can pay attention to detail, or you can just have a vague sense of the room. The important part is to know that God is on his throne, and you are welcome there. So what are you doing? What is your posture like? Practice this several times and get comfortable in this place. Every time you visit, talk to God. Talk to God on his throne. It can be anything. 
Just make a point to talk to him. In other words, don't just sit there like I did for the first several times that I did it. And I was just there and I was scared to talk. We want you to have a conversation with the Lord. Um, This may not happen at first and it's okay. Just trust his timing. So I hope you enjoy this exercise. I hope you apply it and um, start to exercise those spiritual eyes so that you can grow that relationship with the Lord that we so desperately want you to have. Okay, until next time, enjoy your exercises and we will see you on our next podcast.